0: Hello, Internet. My name is Jonathan Cook. And I'm Matt Noble. And this week on screen, Verdict, we're back to Homeland. It's part two of our season two review of everybody's favourite show, Homeland.
1: Yeah, and uh, boy, the first half of the season left us on the
0: edge of our seats, figuratively. <laughs> and it uh, was shown. Over a period of six weeks. That'll be a long time to spend on the edge of one seat.
1: Yeah, so very excited. Um, And maybe the only thing with more suspense than Homeland is what we thought of Homeland
0: the end of season two. Definitely. So just a quick reminder, this podcast will feature spoilers. We're going to talk about what happened. So this is for people that have watched all of Homeland or just don't mind spoilers. Yeah. So let's get into it. Homeland, there's probably going to be a terrorist attack, right? Yeah, well, that seems to be. There's
1: terrorists talking, planning things. You, you hope they're planning an attack and not a surprise party.
0: And the ninja SWAT team in the episode Gettysburg Address pulled out a whole chest load of C4. Yeah. Which we learn is going to be used to blow up a homecoming for soldiers coming back from overseas.
1: Yeah. Do That's you-
0: the terrorist attack, right? Yes,
1: uh, that's it. Did you find it was a little bit like we saw at the end of episode six this big shootout, a lot of people dying, a major raid, and then like the
0: next episode sort of was a bit boring? (laughs) Yeah, it was a bit like, yeah, these guys died, this guy, he just got shot in the stomach, so he's fine now. Yeah. And we'll just not focus on people getting shot, we're going to focus on family things. Yes. Peaks and troughs. Uh, Yeah. (laughs) Homeland season two. Yeah. They didn't want
1: to overexcite us. Yeah. The first half of the season, we set up uh, the role of Brody. He was working with the terrorists. He was running the terrorist errands for the hot terrorist. (laughs) Then they figured out uh, the CIA arrested him and they got him to provide them with information. So he was sort of playing both sides. Mm. He's having it both ways, helping out the terrorists a bit helping out the CIA a bit. And I guess the big question was, which way would he fall? And it just seemed like in the the first couple of episodes in this half of the season, it even got a bit too much for Brody. He was stressing out a bit, got a little bit depressed. It's very hard playing two sides. Uh, It seemed like it all came crumbling down for him. And... He said he goes to meet up with the hot terrorist. What's her name? Roya. Roya goes to meet up with her, and he just goes, "I'm out. I'm out. See you later. I'm I'm quitting the terrorist business. <laughs> I don't want anything to do with you. I'm leaving. Uh, I think he said a similar thing to the CIA. Look, look, look. I'm sick of playing all your games, being a pawn, just moved around. And I think I said that last in the last podcast, I thought Brody is just being used by people. People are just wanting to use him for their own ends, and they don't really care about him as a person. And I think he
0: realised that and just got fed up. Yeah, I thought, what are you going to do, terrorists? Where's your contract? I'm walking away. Yeah. This is why we have corporate law. Yes. But I realised, well, I think Brody did sort of sign a sort of contract <laughs> with the CIA that he would help yeah. them catch the yeah. terrorists. So. <laughs> Can't yeah. have it both ways, Brody. Yeah, come on, Brody. Um, <laughs> obviously, this isn't really going to work out. Brody just can't walk away. Yeah. Well, because the one person who does have a contract is
1: Damian Lewis. <laughs> um, <laughs> with, with, the, with Showtime and the Homeland Producers. <laughs> so he's, he's going to be staying in the show. Um, and yeah, they're going to need to give him something to do. So... He's going to be brought back into either one or both of the folds. And I think it's Carrie that's able to convince him, hey, man, get back in the game.
0: And then maybe we'll run away together. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And I guess the benefit of that support is that she believes Brody and the information that he provides... And without that, they might not actually be able to stop the attack because his information is good. But because of Carrie, they use that information to prevent this attack on the homecoming. Mm. And they think they've caught Abu Nazir. I'm not sure why. I remember they stopped these people that are loading the C4 into the cameras and the CIA all drives in with their guns and whatnot. And they're like, yeah, we got him. And then they check all the people that are there and like, oh no, but Abu Nazir is not here. And you're like, yeah. Did you really expect Nazir to be on the ground for this attack? Yeah. That was very bizarre. Why was that a
1: surprise to you? Yeah. And especially no surprise to us since they were like, never showed us confirmation that Abu Nazir was there. <laughs> just like, it's all good, man. We just need to check, check under this guy's hat. And uh, we're, we're just about to say we got Abu Nazir. Like, yeah, they never popped the champagne before the, the victories in the bag. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, but, but it was Brody that was able to give him this information to help uh, crack the case. So yeah. there, there was a bit of shenanigans where I guess they knew Abu Nizir was in the country. They took The terrorists took Brody on a helicopter ride to get to see Abu Nizir. Mm. And um, I guess this is where the terrorists really had to see whether Brody is still on board, whether he's working with the CIA, what the story is there. Do you feel like, uh, once again, Abu Nazir is very easily convinced that Brody <laughs> is good to go?
0: Yeah, I don't know how reliable Brody is, but I guess Abu Nazir has done a pretty good job of breaking down Brody so far, even though he didn't blow up his explosive strapped to his chest last season. The fact that he even got him to this point means that Nazir is perhaps a pretty good judge of Brody, or quite good at manipulating him, so Mm. it's not unreasonable that he would think that Brody was, was in. I don't know. I feel like... Like, here's the thing.
1: If someone has stabbed someone else in the back, they could stab
0: you in the back. Yeah, but the thing is, Abu Nazir spent eight years breaking down Brody. Eight years! There was just years after years of torture... And then there's years after years of treating him kindly and getting him close to his son. And then the son got killed and he became a Muslim. Mm. It it was over a long period of time. It's not just the same as he comes back and now, oh, yeah, there's some other girl that likes this or that. Or, (laughs) like, they haven't put in the same amount of work that Abu Nazir has put into Brody, I guess.
1: Yeah, but um, they're American, man.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Americans are known for their efficiency. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they've got hot dogs, they've got apple pies, they've got carry. The manufacturing kings of the world, America. Yeah, yeah.
1: <laughs> so, uh, yeah, so anyway, they stop the attack. It's a pretty cool
0: scene where they stop the attack. Like, they get hot terrorists. I thought that scene was going to be more dramatic, as though it would come to some kind of countdown, and I was going to get to see what was at stake, like all these soldiers and all their families at the homecoming. But it was just two cars get pulled over in a car park. Yeah. So it was all right, but I didn't think it was the most exciting scene of the season. Do you think they left it, like, way too long before, like, interrogating the people they caught there. I don't know if it took too long, but I like the interviewing process. They just put her in a room... And then Carrie, who doesn't work at the CIA, is somehow able to just walk in there with a visitor tag. You can see on her chest she has this yellow tag that says visitor and interviews her which is not supposed to, before Quinn is able to, when Esty says no Carrie. Yeah, there's even been an order. Carrie's not allowed to interview this person. She just walks on in. I need to print out some yellow visitor tags and start walking around the CIA. <laughs> the CIA. Yes. Shouting up some hot terrorists. and this is this is arguably the the most
1: valuable asset the whole CIA has in terms of information about the most wanted terrorist in the world. That, that was gold, and, and Carrie's read on her is so off. It's so off, <laughs> she butches it. It's just disaster. And I'm sitting there going, "Oh man, this girl better not give any information because this is a really horrible sort of read on a terrorist." Just go, oh, I know you, like, are a good person and you weren't prepared. Like, you didn't want to blow up those families. And No, she does. She's been working on this for years. It's not like she didn't realise what was at stake. Like, she didn't realise the,
0: the dark side of it. Oh, you're just a journalist. No, I'm not saying waterboarding is a good option. But there's a reason why these things happen. Because you can't just sit down next to someone and go, look... I understand you. I know what you did is... You just got in over your head, but really, you're a good person. And then they just give you all the information behind the terrorist plot. Yeah. You're not going to turn someone with a two-minute mushy speech.
1: Yeah. So, anyway, so, yeah, they stop the the terrorist attack. Brilliant. It's all done. There's another four or
0: five episodes to go this season. (laughs) Congratulations, Homeland. But... They've left time over to focus on everyone's favourite aspect of
1: <laughs> Homeland,
0: Brody's family situation. Yes,
1: Brody's family. Now, last season, uh, we talked about Dana um, being courted by the Vice President's son. Was going pretty well. He's taking her to Washington Monuments. He's getting her to dump her boyfriend. <laughs> he's pulling all... He's fast driving. <laughs> <laughs> But uh, it gets a bit complicated at the end when he kills someone and drives off. And we thought, this could be leading to something, because it seems very detached from the rest of the story.
0: Where is this going to take us? Where did it take us, Jonathan? Well, that's a little bit of a, excuse the pun, road bump (laughs) in the relationship between Finn and Dana. Obviously, when you just start going out with someone, you want to look like a good guy. Uh, killing someone, not a classic good guy move. Not wanting to own up to hitting someone, even less of a good guy move. And he spends the next few episodes trying to get Dana to keep quiet, but also still wants to go out with Dana. Mm. Pretty sure there's no coming back from that. Yeah, yeah. I, I think you know you can't have both. You can't you can't have your cake and eat it too. Especially when she's not in agreement. Like if you were yeah. both like, we've got to keep this quiet. Like, you can stay together and enjoy a happy relationship between the two bad people that you are. But when she is trying to do the right thing and sort of take responsibility, he just doesn't want any part of it. Yeah. So,
1: yeah, a bit of a, as we said last podcast, a douche move. Now, Dana tells her parents, uh, she just blurts it out uh, at, a, at a function or something, so they go and have a chat with it, and then, like, the mums are like, okay, we'll, we'll talk this through. Yeah. I did not like this. I thought, what we're now going to get is the exact same situation we said said with Dana and the kid, but it's going to be Dana's mum who wants to tell the police and the vice president's mum <laughs> who's going to want to cover it up, and we're now going to go for another episode or two of the parents having the same argument that's already been hashed
0: out amongst the kids for <laughs> three episodes, which is exactly what we got. <laughs> Which Dana isn't happy with. She wants to go to the police anyway. And she tries to see people from the family. She goes to the mum in the hospital and then she goes to the daughter's house. And she tries to apologize, but just this this makes the daughter angry. She doesn't want to hear an apology. She's like, We got heaps of money from the vice president for covering this up. Get out. Don't ruin our don't ruin our sweet deal. And I loved how shocked and annoyed Dana was by this. But if you think about it, Dana apologising and going to the police doesn't make her feel any better. It won't bring their mum back. But if they get paid off, at least they have an income that the mum would have been able to bring. And she'll be able to bring up her kid. Like, at least money has some tangible value.
1: Yeah, I don't want to endorse, like government-like cover-ups of murder, um, (laughs) which seems to be what you're doing at the moment. (laughs) Yeah, like, I I think it would have been better if they'd
0: just reported it at the time uh, and and let... Yeah, but once the daughter has been given the money, surely the daughter wants to keep getting that money? Yeah, I, I, I don't think this is the time for Dana to be messing up what, what's happened. It's like, um, yeah,
1: not only have I killed your mum, I'm going to take away your yeah, future income. Yeah, I, I, I don't think it, I don't think it's Dana's call to make at that point. So, uh, <laughs> But, yeah, generally against the government cover-ups of murder. Maybe the worst scene of this season of Homeland, <laughs> when the vice president's son goes to see Dana and visit her and he has a talk with her. And I don't know if they're trying to redeem his character, I don't know why they would want to redeem. Like (laughs) he's such an unimportant character in the show. And he says something along the lines of, we actually killed someone for real. (laughs) And I wake up every morning having to think about that. Like now all of a sudden he becomes guilty. Like he
0: feels guilt for what he's done. Like what was the point of that scene? I guess to show that he does have some sort of emotional reaction to what happened and that he only wanted to cover it up because of his father's political whatnots as opposed to him just not caring that he killed another human being. That makes sense, but no one's interested in that. No one wants to see it. <laughs> like, it's just like... <laughs> <laughs> like yeah. My favourite part of that scene was how Dana compared their relationship to the woman they hit. It's like, well, anything that happened between us is dead now, too. Yes. <laughs> I think if you
1: want corny, bad Homeland writing, um, that is the scene to watch. That was <laughs> awful. Everything those two said were just a poorly written
0: sort of, like, metaphor or statement. Yeah. You might ask, what purpose does this storyline serve? None. There is no yeah. point to it whatsoever other than... The more screen time Dana has, the more weight there is on Dana's reaction to finding out things about Brody yeah. in the very final episode.
1: Yes, I guess. And I think also it does, in part, when she goes to report to the police and Carrie stops Brody, that sort of leads to his breaking point where he wants out. Mm. But they could have done that any number of, well, like I don't think they needed to invest like a eight episode Dana arc to bring Brody to breaking point, point. and then they still did stuff with that storyline after that. So yeah, obviously also with the family, Brody's off with Carrie and with terrorists <laughs> and with vice presidents an awful lot in the second half of this season. So, uh, Mike sees this as the perfect opportunity to sort of move in with the family. Um, Uh he's closed down his detective agency. Uh, (laughs) The CIA's asked Mike to please stop interfering with our national security operations with your like Tom Walker detective
0: agency. Um, so he goes, any acting income. For the drunk guy with the crutches (laughs) and the wheelchair. He's not in any more episodes. Yeah.
1: So Mike goes, I don't have a detective agency now. Uh Um, Brody is always off doing things with terrorists and Carrie. I might as well just move in with uh, Jessica and the kids. And I I, I think he's, like, living with them for a lot of this this half of the season. I don't even know if Brody has noticed that, like, another guy has moved (laughs) into his house. It's very bizarre
0: i just like to quickly address something in our last podcast on Homeland. We did some predictions. Yes. I lost all of them. <laughs> I did horribly in the Homeland season 2. <laughs> I said Carrie and Brody would not have sex. <laughs> they did. I was very surprised. In fact, that became the whole focus of the show, <laughs> the relationship between the two. I was very surprised you took that side of the bet. I said Jessica
1: and Mike would not have sex. That was wrong. I think I said that too. I I was on the
0: fence with that and I I went down with you that they would not have sex. I said that they would play the tape three or more times. Yeah. They only played it once. Once. So I did not do very well. It's good as an unpredictable season of Homeland for Jonathan. It's either good, it's unexpected... Original writing, or it just didn't pan out how I wanted it, yeah. to and that will be reflected in my verdict.
1: <laughs> Do you like the scene where Jessica and Mike sleep together? Like, sort of, he's just sleeping in the spare room, and then she just comes in one night, takes her
0: clothes off, gets in the bed with him. Seems like Mike's pretty easy. Yeah, <laughs> she didn't have to work very hard. She's not a horrible person, <laughs> no. In her defence, she's she's fairly attractive. The thing that that scene made me think about, and just sort of these scenes in general, is whenever there's just a sort of spontaneous decision to have sex, they're not using protection. You never just see the person go, oh, yes, let's like randomly have sex, whatever, with this person, but quickly I'll put on protection. Now, I don't know if that would be a sexy thing to do or a cool thing that people want to see in TV shows, but is that something you want to be promoting? Does a homeland promotes not using protection? I guess you don't actually see. I don't know. Maybe they using the. But he just sleeps too. with a condom on. What do you mean <laughs> you don't see?
1: I think maybe like he used the pull out method or something like <laughs> <That's> that. not <laughs> using protection. I know. That I know. Count. Yeah, and, that, and to be fair, the. Like, I don't think we should endorse the pull-out method on the podcast. That is one of the least reliable contraception methods. Uh, So I am a Um, Clearly, I've never gotten anyone pregnant. (laughs) Like, I don't have experience with unreliable contraception. Of the ten times I've done that, twice, it's failed me. But, yeah, uh, yeah, I I feel like the close-up of the condom wrapper ripping is not a good look for a TV show. Um. Yeah. So the terrorist attack is all wrapped up. Everything's looking good. But then something very troubling happens. Carrie gets on the phone, us all, or someone. She goes, Oh, it's all finished. Yeah, we'll just sign the dotted line on the Brody thing. It's just <laughs> all taken care of. We'll interview her. We'll try to find Nazir. Yada, yada, yada. Then she hangs up and she's driving in her car. She puts the music on. And she's sitting there sort of happily driving along, not talking. This is always disaster in a TV show. (laughs) Anyone's just sitting in a car, smiling. (laughs) They think the whole crisis is averted. Something is about to happen. And what
0: happens? They take a page out of the show Damages book. Mm. And our leading lady gets T-boned from side on. Big car crash. Mm. And once again, they can't be found at the scene. Yeah. I think this was not a accident. (laughs) (laughs) Is that something you think because the rest of the series revealed that to be the case? (laughs) Oh, yes. I didn't think it was an accident at the
1: time and (laughs) definitely raised a red flag when her body was missing from the scene.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Well, she shows up at Abu Nazir's warehouse... Yeah, is a warehouse. Is, a warehouse. Know, is, is know, it his? Is he renting?
1: Well, wow. <laughs> bought it is, yeah, his name is on the lease. <laughs> well, like or under a false. Like, does he? I wonder. Is this just a warehouse he's found somewhere that he's just like taken up residence in, or is he like does
0: a friend of his own it? Like, I was just wondering. Like, I'm not sure. It looks kind of run down. Yeah. It would be a bit weird. You're just running a terrorist op- operation out of a rundown factory, and the new owners just show up, like all the employees yeah. and all the workers, like, all right, guys, day one, let's get excited. <laughs> you yeah. just walk in, there's avenues here. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, I'm not sure who owns it, but he uses this place to keep Carrie. Yeah. And he uses her as a bargaining chip to get Brody to try and kill the vice president. Yeah. Which seemed pretty easy. Apparently, there's just some code, a serial number you can get on his pacemaker device. And if you have that, you can use computers to mess up his mm. pacemaker. Yeah. How did you know where the serial number thing is? I read it in the New York Times. Yeah. Why is the New York Times <laughs> posting that information? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's, <laughs> it's like, oh, get to know your vice president. <laughs> <laughs>
1: In his lovely office, he's got a nice uh, a nice, uh, chair, a nice desk, a exercise machine, and right next to that, a plastic case with his uh, heart pacemaker serial number. <laughs> <laughs> so we've now got Abu Nazir. Like, it seems like we've gone back to the beginning of the season, except rather than hot terrorist, we've got Abu Nazir um, sending Brody on terrorist errands go go get this number from the
0: office like <laughs> he's rummaging around the office and I was like I swear we've seen this scene before yeah the, the, all the tense music and he's going to look yeah. around and he's going to get and you know he's going to get it and then yeah. put it away just as someone comes yeah. in yeah so they managed to waste 10 minutes of my yeah. time yeah <laughs> this season at least the scenes. stakes
1: in this scene were a bit higher like mm-hmm. they were going to kill the vice president if they got the number if he didn't get the number, well, Brody's caught and, and things... At least there was, like... It's a pretty good get for the terrorists. Like, this, I can see why you'd bother wasting Brody on this errand. Mm. So then the vice president walks in and goes, Ah, I thought I'd find you somewhere. <laughs> Just poking around in my office.
0: <laughs> like, now that I knew you imitating his sunny disposition, <laughs> it seems quite silly Yeah, in hindsight. right. No. <laughs> <laughs> so He's watching that in heaven. Yeah. He'd be like, man, don't I look like a dickhead?
1: <laughs> and the is like, yeah, I can't be vice president. He's like, what? You're gonna turn down this? And then his heart pacemaker starts. And Brody's going, Oh,
0: that that computer thing actually worked. That that number thing I said. What I thought was interesting about this scene was at this point. Carrie has been let go. When he gave Nazir the serial number, Hmm. Nazir let Carrie go, which I guess is pretty interesting. That's probably the least evil thing Nazir has done. He actually let her go. Normally you go, ha ha, I got what I wanted. Why would you try and bargain with me? I'm just going to kill her anyway. But he did actually let her go. Hmm. Which made the fact that Brody then let Walden die sort of more directly attributable to him. It wasn't that he was doing it for his love of Carrie. He was doing it because he wanted Walden to die. And I liked
1: that. Like, this, we've been led to believe for two seasons that they were able to turn Brody against America because of what the vice president did. I can understand why Brody didn't want to be a terrorist and didn't want civilian casualties, but here he's got a chance to take out the one person he... Is angry at who he wants dead, without there needing to be any civilian casualties. Like, why wouldn't Brody take that? Like, why wouldn't Brody do if that if he had not done that, Brody, he would have just been a completely good guy, <laughs> like nothing wrong. Like, well, you were
0: so. trying to maintain he was a good guy in our last podcast because I said he was a murderer, but you said the two people he murdered were terrorists. Yeah, now he's murdered someone that wasn't a terrorist. Or was he? Ah! Oh, so, uh, the, that's the... Oh, that's man, the there's one. a terrorist loophole. <laughs> you just find any excuse for murder. Oh, they're a terrorist somehow. Well, I,
1: I think, like,
0: Walden blew up that school of, like, yes. school children. I don't know if, how intentional that was. I... Yeah. But, but,
1: like I say, from Brody's perspective, Walden's the bad guy. He's the guy that he turned against America for. Yeah, should he have killed the vice president? No, of course he shouldn't have. <laughs> it's not how you do things. <laughs> but but it's like I get that. And I like I think that's good that he stuck to that mission that he had, because otherwise it would just made him a weak two-dimensional character. And the scene where the vice president's dying, and like Brody's grabbed him and he's going, I'm killing you. Yeah.
0: How good is that? Oh that did turn out to be a good scene. Yeah.
1: He should have though said because you did the drone strike against the school is
0: the best way to kill sort of your nemesis say this is what you did and this is what you get for having did what you did or is there more satisfaction in they don't even know why to them it would just be so scary and so frustrating and you just laugh as they die without even them knowing why they died
1: i think it's better to give the reason so the person actually understands what's happening and and Oh man, why did I do that? So they
0: don't kill any kids with drone strikes in the afterlife. Okay. okay, Well, I learned my lesson. No, no,
1: just so you guys like, oh, like Bra's just this crazy messed up guy. He's thinking, Oh man, my actions had this consequence and I'm the person to blame for me dying. I
0: don't think Walden's the kind of person to
1: (laughs) to take responsibility. (laughs) Okay, okay, fair enough. (laughs) I like people to realize why they're dying though. But anyway. So, yeah, we had that. Uh, We also had an interesting discussion with Carrie and Abu Nazir while she was uh, a bit of a debate with Carrie and
0: Abu Nazir that I thought was quite interesting. Uh, Maybe my favourite scene of that episode. Carrie was like, you're a terrorist. And he's like, we're going to have to do what we're going to have to do. And he gave sort of, not necessarily correct, but sort of detailed and interesting points, sort of, elaborating the, I suppose, perspective of a terrorist. That's what I thought was interesting about it. Whereas Carrie didn't really offer much rebuttal other than See, you're evil, you're a terrorist. Yeah, I'm going to be honest.
1: In this debate, I think Abu Nazir won. <laughs> I think Abu Nazir was better at
0: arguing his points exactly. than Kerry. If this was an election debate, yeah. Yeah. we'd be, <laughs> we'd be <laughs> pretty quickly been run by... Uh... Yeah, Abu Nazir. <laughs> Maybe he should have been running
1: political action committees and running for office. He's not a bad debater. Uh, now, in Kerry's defence, she was just in a car accident like, she's probably not in the best mental, like, state. Like, he's been living up in this factory. Uh, <laughs> <so>. <laughs> no. uh, but, yeah, like... Uh, but I thought it was interesting and pretty edgy for a show to actually provide a terrorist perspective. Mm. Uh, I, I, I thought that was a very mature thing in an episode with a bit of silliness, like, getting serial numbers from pacemakers and things like that. So... Vice President's killed by Brody.
0: Carrie escapes in his ear. And they spend a whole episode looking for him. Yeah. Carrie says, he's in the factory. And they do a sweep, and they're like, he's not there. Well, look again. And they look again, and he's not there. And then she starts questioning these guys. And they're like a sort of tactical team. They're all working for the... Hmm. CIA, whoever, they're like serious dudes. They're proper soldiers, real equipment. I'm pretty sure they know how to sweep an area. Yeah. And she's like, oh, you're not trustworthy. You're just not looking. Go again. Like, who is Carrie to be telling these people what to do? But it turns out he was there and they just missed him every time. Well, as soon as Carrie goes on the sweep, she goes, oh, wait, isn't there like a secret passageway over
1: there? <laughs> <laughs> and Then they're like, oh, we'll check it out. We'll have a look. And they're like, oh, yeah, it is. Oh, the a sleeping bag. And, like, I don't know, Oreo wrappers
0: in here. <laughs> <laughs> it's probably where Abu Nazir's been. Can't completely hate America if you're eating our candy. Now, the thing... We joked
1: about Carrie doing a horrible job of the interrogation of the hot terrorist. But it is actually the hot terrorist that apparently, in that horrible interrogation, gave her the information. <laughs> she needed to know that Nazir was still in there. And that was, she said something like, he won't run, run. away from He you He something. doesn't run. Abu Nazir is not a runner. And,
0: <laughs> um, He's more of a long distance walker. He's not into the sprints. Yeah,
1: he, he won't run. And like, the, I don't know, they go like, Carrie, reading too much into it. She's like, no, it, like, is literal. They mean that literally when they speak in Arabic. <laughs> they like, do have metaphors. Yeah, go, yeah, that's a literal thing. He's definitely there. <laughs> That interrogation apparently was a success. They were able to get the information for Nazir. But while all this is going on, we have Saul. He is being
0: detained in the CIA. What's the story with this? Saul, and I'm not sure initially why, but starts to become a little bit suspicious of Quinn. Mm. He's like, what's Quinn doing here? What's, what's his story? It's probably
1: because he's going out with the stripper. Um. <laughs> oh, wait. Wrong Quinn. Wrong
0: Quinn. You can't have two people on the TV called Quinn. Yeah. Save oh, it we- for the Dexter podcast next week. I guess the producers of Homeland uh, appreciate being on Showtime, don't necessarily watch their other shows. Yeah. So Saul gets Virgil to follow Quinn hmm. and... It turns out that he's meeting up with some guy who's known for some shady black ops type stuff. Mm. And they have a nice sit down at a diner. Rehash being old together. And he doesn't really try to hide it. He's just like, yeah, he's my guy. He kills people. He's going to kill Brody. We kill terrorists. You're soft, Saul. Yeah. So Saul starts getting in Estes' ear trying to find out what's going on because he thinks they made a deal with Brody, they should honour the deal, they shouldn't kill the guy. Uh, And Estes is like, oh, I'm not going to say what's going on. Get out of it, Saul. And I guess Saul pushes it to the point where they try and lock him down at the CIA. He gets put in a room and locked away there so he can't stop what is an assassination attempt on a congressman, Mm. Brody by Quinn. Yeah. Um, So, yeah, that's very interesting. And...
1: They've got oh they've got the scene where like Quinn's like getting the gun ready they're like oh we got Nazir. it's all good we're just checking it out now but that's just a formality and then they're like wait 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 that wasn't that wasn't Nazir. he's not at the petrol station <laughs> and uh, what, 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 did you have a view on this like uh, like SD's view was we should like deals with terrorists should not be honoured he's a terrorist kill him or Saul's view we made a deal a deal's a deal we honoured the deal who, who do you agree with?
0: I think I agree with Saul. I think Brody, although he worked with the terrorists, they probably don't have enough information to say he's done a terrorist act or he is a terrorist or that he's going to be a danger in the future. Hmm. So I think you honour the deal. I think if you make a deal with someone as bad as Abu Nazir and then you take him out later, I wouldn't have too many problems with that.
1: Hmm. Yeah, my view is you keep a deal. You make a deal with someone, you, you, stay to the, you stay true to that deal. And, okay, like, Bray didn't even commit an act of terrorism. Like, as we said last podcast, he's attempted terrorism, not actual terrorism. And they don't know that he had a hand in killing Walden. Oh, no. Oh, oh, game changer if they find that out. <laughs> um
0: which the only three people- that was not in the contract. Yeah, that was not the contract. You, you can still kill Walden and get your freedom. <laughs> yes.
1: <laughs> so, um, so yeah, no, 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 I get that. Uh, but yeah, I, th- I think you honor the deal. You made you they if they didn't make deals with terrorists, then they should have never made that deal in the first place. <laughs> but they decided that Brody's freedom was a price they're willing to pay to get Nazir in, in that
0: terrorist attack. I think a reasonable deal, and I, I'd honor it. And someone that has to make the same decision that we just tried to make is Quinn. Mm -hmm. And apparently he leaves it to the point where he has tracked Brody down to the cabin in the woods and he is pointing the gun at Brody before he decides the best thing to do is not kill Brody. Yeah,
1: and and he believes pretty strongly in this because he goes to Estes and goes, I'm going to ruin you if, (laughs) if,
0: if Brody dies. I think, well, yeah, well I don't know if he said he's gonna ruin it. I think he said he's would ruin his head with a bullet. He said you'll find me sitting here in the same place and I'm a guy that kills bad guys. Yeah, that's it's like getting shot is pretty ruined. Like, <laughs> yeah. <during the> <laughs> Yeah, normally that means, like, a career type thing. Something embarrassing (laughs) happens. A bullet to the face. Man, that really ruined my day.
1: Yeah. So, So Quinn's pretty strong belief that he shouldn't kill Brody. He's prepared to, like, call Esty's a bad guy and kill him. Now, this is where we really see their relationship develop. Like, there's no longer anything Carrie can do to help Brody... There is no longer anything Brody can do to help Carrie. The whole Abu Nazir thing's over. And I guess like now's the time where they're probably not playing games with each
0: other or trying to get inside each other's head. We can see what they really feel for each other. I wasn't the biggest fan of this for a few reasons. One, I don't think I find it realistic. I don't think that Carrie could fall in love with this guy who's a at least grey area terrorist. They haven't spent any real time together, time where they weren't playing each other. He's a bad guy. I don't know why you're in love with him. Even if they are in love, it's not something I root for from Carrie's perspective. I like Carrie. She's good to watch in her CIA Mm. scenes, but this I'm not really excited for. Brody's really a bad guy. It's not like I'm rooting for his romantic happiness. Hmm. And the only interesting thing that I get from these scenes is to watch Damien Lewis consistently out-act Claire Danes. Wow. Last season, everyone raved about Claire Danes. She had that awesome episode where she goes kind of crazy and is able to solve everything, piece everything together. She was a lock for the Emmys. Hmm. Whereas Damien Lewis, not a huge upset, but wasn't as favoured... Yeah, no people weren't to take the prize. It's a pretty tough field up against three-time winner Brian Cranston,
1: who had another good outing. Um, He did have a pretty good tape himself, Damien Lewis, with the the vest. Uh, Mm. A a performance I actually preferred to Carrie's craziness, you know.
0: But people were raving about Carrie, less so about Brody last year. But this season, every scene Damien Lewis is in, I think. He's really believable and entertaining. And I'm not really thinking about his acting. I'm just thinking about his yeah. character and yeah. what's going mm. on. Mm. Every time Claire Danes is on screen, I'm thinking about how much she overacts and is trying to make everything emotional. She says, She's constantly saying things like, but this time I know, and I'm just trying to do this, and I really believe. And she does that sort of teary-eyed look where it's sort of like she's almost about to cry, and she does that little smile, and you're supposed to feel for her. And she does it in every freaking scene. Yeah. So I'm not sure if either of them have the big episode that they did last year for next year's Emmys, but in my opinion, Damien Lewis has a much better chance of repeating than Claire Danes does. Mm. After
1: like, after all the dust settles from this, we see um, Brody tell his wife that he's a terrorist, or she guesses or whatever. She seems to take that news pretty well.
0: She's, I think she's just over it. She's yeah, like, she I don't so, Yeah, I don't want to know,
1: just like... And she's Just like to have unprotected sex with Mike. Yeah, it sort of seems like she's like, well, yeah, you can go be with her. Like she seems to be very like forgiving of a lot of his. Like she's like, look, yes, you're a terror. Just don't tell me all the details. <laughs> yeah, whatever. You want to be with her, don't you? And he's like, well, yeah. <laughs> and he's going, but you know, you got that Mike guys, and he? is he still hanging around? Like maybe you can get. With-. Then he goes and meets up with Mike and goes, hey, um. Maybe go like see Jessica now. Like, <laughs> just trying to make himself feel less guilty. Um, and then him and Carrie go to the cabin in the woods. I I found this very awkward. Like, like just how comfortable they are around each other. Like he's juggling like eggs. Like, go hey look at this. He's <laughs> like oh I'm gonna get croissants. <laughs> it just seemed very bizarre just seemed very fake almost like it just seems so
0: weird for this show like yeah I wasn't buying it. For some reason there is a ceremony for Abu Nusir that Saul has to attend on a boat apparently when a terrorist dies there's a naval ceremony for it. I think they do they did that with bin Laden
1: um, they, they took him and did a quick ceremony out at sea. Mm-hmm. I think you don't want a grave site or to bury him or put ashes anywhere because then it becomes something that, you know, people vandalise or, you know, inflame people, throw it out at sea, there's no geographical place people can go to to mourn or to whatever. And I guess it's also pay some respect for the dead so that it doesn't inflame the angers of the Islamic community or people who might be sympathetic
0: to Abu right like, Yeah, that makes some sense. And at the same time, there's a ceremony for Walden. Yeah. Now, what's the deal with the vice president's funeral being at the CIA? He was the former head
1: of the CIA. He had ST's job. Yeah, but I feel like vice presidents have their funerals at, like, the Washington National Cathedral. Like, it would have been a state funeral. Like, it's a very bizarre, like, to have it in the CIA lobby. Yeah, it just seemed like, I thought, why are they here? Why are they at the CIA for a vice president's funeral?
0: So Estes is giving this eulogy. Yeah. And Brody and Carrie aren't really too pleased with it. Oh, he's not such a great guy. We're going to nip off and make out. Don't you think this is a weird like leaving the vice president? Especially during you
1: know, the big three. <laughs> yeah. They like just get up and leave. <laughs> Especially I would have thought since Brody was the the hot front runner to be the V P nominee under Walden and they were quite close that it would be quite noticeable him leaving the feud. Like maybe Carrie could slip out, no one really cares about
0: her, but well, they both had visitor tags. You can just go wherever you want with those visitor tags. What people like to run? Nah, they Why make you invisible Brody? you can do what you want. So anyway, they went up to
1: an office to make out and plant. She goes, look, I'm walking away from the CIA. We're going to be toge- together. Yada, yada, yada. He's like, oh, that's good because I've told my wife she can, like, go off with Mike. I've already burnt that bridge.
0: And then, Hey, look, someone's ruined my car. <laughs> Trouble. Boom. Kablammo! whole CIA goes up. This is a big explosion. Yeah. That's what they needed that might have C4 for. Yeah. This is, as
1: soon as this happens, I'm going, okay, some people are going to think Brody did this.
0: The one person (laughs) that's had Brody's back this whole time might be the one person that believes him. Yeah. (laughs) Instantly carries, like, look, what have you done? Get (laughs) the gun pointed at me. I'm going to kill you. Especially since he sort of said beforehand, hey,
1: someone moved my car. Which I guess, (laughs) well, I guess that's a good defense. Like, hey, well, I didn't. I saw the car
0: move. Yeah. Yeah. Why would he.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So, do you know what I honestly started doing, though, when this explosion happened? I started running the numbers about who would still be alive that knew Brody was involved with Abu Nusir? Just going, you got Saul, you got Carrie. Is there anyone else? Can this all completely get swept under the rug? And I think probably not. But, um, yeah, I was thinking, because I think if no one knows that he was involved with Abu Nusir, he could run for president.
0: And unfortunately, unfortunately, they're able to <laughs> trace the explosive back to his car. This is where they go, oh, we trace the explosive
1: back to your car. And you go, oh my,
0: someone was trying to kill me. (laughs) They went a little overboard with the explosives, eh? Oh, I'm so lucky that I got out of my car.
1: (laughs) Oh! (laughs) They were worried I was going to run for president, probably. The person who got Walden was probably going for me.
0: (laughs) So I thought it was a little weird that Carrie didn't believe him, but she did after him saying, please believe me. She went from pretty much, you're a terrorist, you evil person, to, okay, I'll help you escape (laughs) fairly quickly. Let's go to my secret hideout with fake passports. And she was in the uh, Blackbriar Jason Bourne program. She's (laughs) got the passports and money to get out of town. Yeah. And they're fleeing to some, well, going to some guy that can help Brody do the same. And on comes the TV, the tape. Yeah, we every see tape. more of the tape. I thought we might not be seeing it was any five episodes of that. without the tape, but it gets played on the TV. So at first, I was like, "They've really kind of screwed over Brody here. Like they they help he helped them. There's no reason for them really to be, you know, screwing over Brody like this." Yeah, because I guess he killed the vice president for them. Yeah, but like
1: that's pretty to kill the vice president. Pretty good. Accomplishment. Like, he may have backstabbed a few people in the way, but you know.
0: I guess the reason why the terrorists did that is because it's an even bigger win if not only did they pull off this attack, but they got an American Marine to do it. Yeah. But it's still pretty unfair to Brody. Like, he helped them. What are you screwing over one of your own guys for? Yeah, he sort of screwed them over a bit too, though. <laughs> it's a bit of a lie. It's a
1: bit of like, I'm sure every New Zealand would have something to say about. But, yeah, anyway, and and I guess, like, the theory was floated that this is all part of the plan. Like, they planned for Brody to turn on them and then lead them
0: to this funeral. Like, it was all part of Abu Nazir's grand plan. Like I found this a bit frustrating. It seemed too easy for the terrorists to win. The Land of Our last podcast it was like, well, if they just have so much pull where they've got these Mm. awesome SWAT guys who can just go in there and shoot people and pull out explosives and get away, what do they even need Brody for? Abu Nazir is just able to come to America. He's the world's most wanted man and he can just get in America. These terrorists are pretty good at what they do. They didn't even need Abu Nazir because he was dead or just his death is a distraction. They didn't need Brody because Brody wasn't in on this. All they did was strap a bunch of explosives to a car, and then blow it up outside the CIA. Yeah. What do they need all this shenanigans and intrigue and plot for? It's just the terrorists can do what they want. The terrorists are awesome. Yeah. What is your... Give oh, that's thing. another prediction that I got wrong. I said Brody would be the good guy, and Brody would stop the the main attack at the end of the season. Uh, they didn't stop it. The CIA got blown up. Yeah and Brody was kind of a bad guy for killing Walden and he didn't stop it so I'm over 4 on yeah. homeland predictions well I'm reluctant to ask you this prediction <laughs> uh,
1: but what what percentage do you think what chance do you think there is that Brody put the bombs in his car that it was actually Brody
0: all along I don't think it was Brody so maybe that means it was, because I'm pretty poor at predicting home life. But I would be surprised if Brody was in on it. I would too. Don't
1: you think that would make a better show? If the whole time Brody's been playing
0: Carrie? Yeah, maybe. Because now it's like, he's a guy who's kind of interesting, but he's not really a good guy. So I don't exactly root for him, and he's just out on the run. And I sort yeah. of have to root for him to escape the CIA. Or it could turn out that he's just this evil mastermind.
1: Yeah, I think the Evil Mastermind's a lot more interesting, and a lot. Yeah, I just, I just think I want Brody to be ambiguous, not the good guy. I guess if he's the Evil Mastermind, then it's equally unambiguous. <laughs> so, I, I think I want a season of questioning whether he blew up
0: the CIA or not. But there's haven't to be... we had enough seasons of is Brody a terrorist or not? I don't know. I sort of want,
1: like. <laughs> as, at the end of season one, I thought I only wanted one season of that, but now I'm looking down the barrel of it. Just Brody being
0: a completely good guy. I sort of want that questioning back. <laughs> so. so Carrie helps him get away, but decides not to go with him. Yeah, she doesn't completely commit to this crazy fantasy of running off with Brody. Yeah, she's back.
1: How many episodes next season do you think it'll take Carrie to convince Saul that Brody didn't do the attack? Because you know he's going to think it's Brody. She's going to be convinced it's not. And you know she's probably going to bring him around.
0: With the final scene being Saul seeing Carrie, you've got to imagine that the Saul-Carrie relationship, especially with Brody not being in the picture, at least in terms of location anymore, being the, a large focus for the next season. Yeah. The way this season moved, I, it could be quite quick. One or two episodes, yeah, she might have place, enough yeah. the proof that he... Didn't do it. Or maybe Saul will find the proof that he did.
1: Yeah. What's the chance of Brody rocking up at Jessica's house? Saying, yeah, things didn't really work out. (laughs) (laughs) Mike, what are you doing here? That's my wife. (laughs) (laughs) The divorce papers haven't even been written up and you've already moved on in.
0: (laughs) Um, Low. (laughs) (laughs) Very Low. (laughs) This is going to make Quinn look a bit silly. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) He refused to kill Brody, and now Brody killed like 300 people, at least in the CIA's mind. Well, hopefully, Quinn is dead, so he doesn't have to live with the embarrassment. (laughs) And great
1: news, Estes got rid of the bad report on Saul uh, right before he got blown up. So uh, Saul could be in line for a promotion. It seems like there's a few openings that the CIA... Yeah. Probably a few openings for Carrie to get a job there, too. So, if anyone's looking for a job in the CIA, I think there's just been about 300 openings. So, uh, (laughs) (laughs) maybe wait a few days before bringing the CV.
0: (laughs) 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 Well, is that a wrap on our... I think so. ...Homeland Season 2 discussion? Is it time for our verdict? Our verdict, Yeah. Okay, I really liked Homeland Season 1, I think I gave it an 8 out of 10. I think this season there was a lot of potential, I think the suspense of the attack, a sort of homeland 24, just type feel to the show, is always good, there's always a reason to keep watching, but I think it got diverted a lot by family things, I didn't really follow the relationship between Brody and Carrie. I think some of the things that happened with the attacks, there were a few plot holes, I think. I thought things were too easy for the terrorists.
1: Mm.
0: And at times it just got a little bit silly and a little bit corny. And I think generally it just didn't work as well as season one. Mm. I think in the finale it redeemed itself a little bit with the tape being used to make it look like Brody was taking responsibility for this attack rather than the attack he was actually supposed Mm. to be a part of in season one. I thought that was quite clever, Mm. but didn't really completely redeem the season. And I don't think there's anything super exciting set up for season three. So hmm. I was a little bit disappointed. Uh, big fan of Damien Lewis still. I think I got a l- tired a little of Claire Danes. So I'm going to say Homeland season two, six out of 10.
1: Okay. Homeland season two, I thought was pretty good. Uh, I-, I thought season one was great and uh, they set up a really good uh, thing uh, in season one, and the whole surveillance and, and, and the, the sort of uh, frustrating burn I thought was quite intriguing and, and drew you in well. I think season two, there was a bit more action. It was a bit more fast-paced, and I think sometimes that worked and sometimes it seemed a little contrived, a little bit like some silly things like Brody in an office looking for a file. The, the pacemaker number seemed a bit of a silly sort of way to kill the vice president. I think there were some really great moments, though. I thought uh, Brody's final words with the vice president were were chilling. I think uh, Carrie's debate with Abu Nizir was intriguing. I thought that, uh, I, I thought it was good. I thought it was mixed. The family stuff I didn't like, to be fair, in season one, I remember there was family stuff that I found a bit tiring too, though when you look back a season, sometimes you can remember the things you really liked in season one, and then season two, you focus more on the negatives, but there was a bit more just unnecessary diversions and it didn't even seem that character focused, but sort of plots to nowhere. Uh, so yeah, I think it was a bit more uneven. I don't think it ended as strong. I thought, I thought the final episode of the explosion was good and the, the tape reveal. Yeah. I like that Carrie Brody have this weird sexual sort of chemistry but I don't really like the coupley sort of-ness of like, hey, we're in love. Hey, let's start a life together sort of uh, part of it. Look, it's still one of the best dramas on TV, not quite as good as last season, but I'll get a 7.5 out of 10. Whoa. I think it's a good, it's a good driver, man. Homeland.
0: I think you gave season one a seven. Okay. Do you want to bump your season yeah. one score? Or do you want to drop your season two score?
1: Give season one um, an
0: eight. Yeah, give season one an eight. <laughs> okay. There you go. There you go. That's our screen verdict for Homeland. Yes. Very good. I think
1: the our fans' favorite thing for us to podcast about Homeland.
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: Our, it's a top yeah, definitely top rating podcast. Uh, so you're welcome.
0: Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, now we've got a bit of housekeeping. People's favourite segment. I have a oh, friend. On from our audience's favourite shows <laughs> with their favourite segments. <laughs> Very good. Segment. I have a friend who said they owe, they listen to all the housekeeping
1: segments. <laughs> so they, have, they If they don't have time to listen to the full podcast, they'll skip to the housekeeping. So there you go. So he goes, oh, I heard you talking about this. And I was like, Oh, great. You listen to that podcast, but no, I just get to the housekeeping. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, firstly, we have a competition running at the moment, uh, a so huge co- competition, a big competition. The competition is share Screen Verdict with your friends, tell them to like Screen Verdict on Facebook and whoever gets the most friends to like us will win any Pixar movie they want a copy of it. We got, we got a question from a listener. Uh, asking uh, whether Bugs Life was included.
0: Yes. Any Pixar <laughs> movie. Pixar <laughs> movie.
1: Even a Bugs Life. <laughs> Even a Bugs Life. We will send you. Uh, we also got a question. Um, will it be in DVD form? Like, of course.
0: Like, we're not going to give you the VHS. Oh. <laughs> we'll, we'll just torrent it and yeah. <laughs> then send you a digital copy. No, it, it'll be DVD.
1: Maybe Blu-ray? Maybe Blu-ray.
0: Maybe Blu. We've got the know. stakes of the know. competition.
1: Should we give a Blu-ray? I think. I think when we've got a winner, we'll talk with them whether they've got a Blu-ray player. Sometimes people, yeah, aren't on the Blu-ray yet. It could uh, Blu-ray might be nicer, but if you don't have something to play it, maybe not as good. So we'll, we'll
0: sort that all out. But it will be a DVD at least. <laughs> The point is, we have a huge prize on offer. If you're a fan of Pixar and you want one of their films, and you're a fan of Screen Verdict and you'd like other people to find the podcast as well, share the Facebook page and that prize could be
1: yours. Facebook.com slash Screen Verdict podcast. And what you do is at the end of the year, you, you message us a list of all the friends you got us to like uh, screen Verdict. We'll be able to see all the new likes. We'll compare that with the list of the new likes we've had. We'll tick them off. Whoever's got the most wins. You can count yourself if you do not already like Screen Verdict on Facebook. So, already get one ahead. So, there you go. Great competition. We also got uh, some other feedback uh, on the podcast. Some other questions from the listeners. Um, why are we not on Twitter? Uh, Bob Phelan has asked... When are you guys getting on Twitter? Do they have it in Australia? I hear it's going to be big. Uh, Well, I'm on Twitter. I am at Nob Truth. You can find me (laughs) at Nob Truth. It's like uh, Noble Truth was already taken. Matt Noble was already taken. So I went with Nob Truth. So you can find me on Twitter there. I don't tweet heaps. But I think with listeners asking about Twitter, maybe I should tweet more.
0: Send me a tweet. I'll tweet you back. Um, why aren't you on Twitter yet, Jonathan? Oh, I just don't understand the crazy kids' technologies these days. Okay, we'll, try, we'll try to get you on it. You're like a year and a bit older than me. <laughs> <laughs> we'll try to get you
1: on it. So, I, I keep it real, man. I keep it young. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you had a great reply. We'll do a search for an AltaVista later. <laughs> I love that. And, um, Bob, Bob fell in another question, or Phelan, let uh, listen how to pronounce that, Bob. because I'm sorry if I'm butchering it. Sounds good.
0: Survivor podcast coming up. Are we going to do a Survivor podcast, Jonathan? Well, Matt, I know you're a huge fan of Survivor. I have not been watching it. Maybe, and perhaps this is a little bit of a reveal for the listeners, at the end of the year we might do a bit of a year-in-review podcast mm. in which we might talk about some of the things we didn't get to talk about throughout the year, didn't get their own podcast and that might be followed by some screen verdict awards, yeah, which sounds pretty exciting. So maybe there could be some Survivor discussion there, if you like, Matt.
1: Yeah. Here, here's my pro- I'd love to do a Survivor podcast. I love talking about Survivor. I've got a lot of uh, big opinions on the past season. My problem is I, I think we do great reviews and talks about TV shows, about movies. We had a guest on our Game of Thrones podcast, Rob Sestonino, who does his own podcast. Rob has a podcast. And he does a Survivor podcast. And I don't mind stealing listeners from him. That's fine. But I feel like he gets actual Survivor contestants on to talk about it. He's actually been on Survivor. I don't want to do a poor man's version of that podcast. (laughs) Like, that's not what I want to do. And I feel like we might fall into just doing a poor man's version of his podcast. That's why I've never really pushed you to watch Survivor or do a Survivor podcast I I don't know, maybe I could do a YouTube video where I give my thoughts for the season or something like that. I'm happy to share my thoughts on Survivor. That's just my thought on why maybe a reality TV and a Survivor podcast isn't the way for us to go. Mm. But if you really want one, or you really want us to talk about it, send us messages, ask for it. We're always happy to listen to the fans and... You know?
0: Not just Survivor, any, any show, show or, or movie
1: or anything. If you um, really
0: want to hear us talk about it on the Screen yeah. Verdict, hit us up on Facebook and yeah. say, I'm a fan of this.
1: Yeah, yeah Let yeah. us know so, your thoughts on the podcast. I'm not against it, Bob. I'm a little reluctant for a few of those reasons I mentioned. One other thing I wanted to talk about in housekeeping... And I may have committed a bit of a movie faux pas this week. Oh, you're always yeah, doing I'm that. Always You've got them, the yeah. light of
0: your phone on, distracting yeah. people, this, yeah. throwing chop tops around the place. The, the, yeah. the movie's are a disastrous place for you. Man. <laughs> well, it wasn't at the cinema.
1: Oh, okay. okay. Uh, so I need a verdict here. Did I do the right or wrong thing? All right. I was at a Bible study last week. We were all having a good chat, a good talk. And someone was saying how they didn't like Twilight. By the way, there are Twilight spoilers in this story. You don't want to be spoiled. Twilight, Breaking Dawn, Part 2. Do not listen to the rest of this podcast. So I said, the, the last movie was, it wasn't very good. He goes, oh, yeah, I haven't seen it. I probably don't want to. I said, yeah, the whole big battle sequence at the end was sort of cool the decapitations, but I didn't like how none of it was real at the end. He's like, oh, is that serious? Oh, that's classic. Then and I was saying this pretty loudly, a girl <laughs> sitting in the group went, you've just spoiled Twilight. <laughs> <laughs> you've just spoiled Twilight. And I was like, oh, have you not seen it yet? And did you want to? She she's like, well, yeah. <laughs> um, did I do the wrong thing here? I think I might've.
0: Spoiling movies, I'm, I'm pretty against. I'm a huge Anti-spoiler guy. I don't like spoilers. Some people say, oh, you, you know, you just hear this and that, and if it's any good, you'll like it anyway. No, I do not like things being spoiled for me. Yeah. I think if you're talking to someone that has seen it, and you've seen it, and you want to share opinions, that's fine. I don't know how much it is on you to keep that conversation to a volume where other people won't hear it, as much as if other people can hear your conversation... And they know it's about a movie they haven't seen that they want to. Maybe it's on them to not listen, or maybe say, "I haven't move seen away, it." Yet. Or haven't... interject and say, "Oh, are you guys talking about Twilight? I haven't seen it." What What I always do when I'm in that situation is go, like, "Haven't seen it. Haven't seen it. Shut up." <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> you just kick off. Yeah. You kick over the I... speakers. Stop the whole yeah. party.
1: <laughs> I raise both my hands while <laughs> saying it. I don't know why. Yeah, I apologize. I, I think. Ultimately, you shouldn't spoil the ending of movies and you should be a bit considerate for people. She was pretty good about it too. She wasn't that douchey about it. Um, she was understanding. Um, yeah, it's good to talk these things through.
0: <laughs> so that's the podcast. Yep. Next week, we'll be moving on from Showtime's premiere show to Showtime's second rate show. <laughs> Poor Dexter. Well, we'll see if we think it's actually second-rate. Well, it's not yeah, been getting I mean, the Emmy recognition that Homeland yeah, did, but we'll let you know how good we think Season 7 of Dexter is on next week's podcast. Got
1: nominated five years for the <laughs> Emmy. Lost every time. <laughs> Homeland rocks up on showtime. Wins it in its first year. It's yeah. like the younger sibling being so much more successful. Yeah, yeah, you. yeah. I feel a bit sorry for Dexter. Not saying I prefer it or like it less than Homeland, but I'm saying like, I feel a bit sorry for its situation. Now everyone's talking about Homeland, <laughs> no one's talking about Dexter. Well, we will. Well, we will be we next week. Next week. <laughs> <laughs> yes. So I'm very excited for that. And mm. I just like to wish
0: everyone a very Merry Christmas. Yes, last year you went on a rant about the holiday season and I felt it was inappropriate for the podcast. Unfortunately, if our schedule had been a week earlier, I could have made a joke about it being the Dexter podcast all over again, because uh-huh. it happened on last year's Dexter podcast, but unfortunately, I don't get to do that joke, except I do, just having to explain it. Um, <laughs> 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 happy happy Festivus, and so forth.
1: Yeah, Merry Christmas. <laughs> Say Merry Christmas, man. It's Christmas time.
0: I'm pretty, sure. I'm pretty sure that's offensive, man. The, I, the mistletoe, the holly, the tinsel,
1: the eggnog, Jesus Christ. It's all like something everyone oh, can get behind. I don't want to be
0: the un-PC guy, the person, oh, did you hear about this guy on a podcast that was putting forth his holiday beliefs? All I wanted to listen to was Homeland. Chris, this is a time where everyone can come together and celebrate Jesus Christ.
1: <laughs> <laughs> and what he did for us. Uh, so, um... Ho, ho, ho! Merry Christmas! It's my Um, Jesus impression.
0: (laughs) (laughs) And on that note, see you guys next week. See ya!